We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Week 11, football heaven, Thanksgiving a week away. I could not be more excited for the NFC East Feast. John, how are you doing this evening? Man, I'm doing great, dude, too. It's the best time of the year. You got the holidays coming up. Some yes. of the best football in primetime games, hanging out with the family. So it's right around the corner. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year, man. And, uh, you know, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but I know that we're all really looking forward to the, the Thanksgiving game here um, in the division. But first things first, let's recap week 10. And uh, we're going to start off with uh, another ass whooping that the Dallas Cowboys gave to the New York Giants. Cowboys come out with a 49-17 to victory. They outscore the Giants on their season series 89-17. to Complete domination by the boys. But let's be honest. This is what Dallas does. They they beat up on on weaker opponents. Um, we have to contextualize. I think this performance and honestly their performance against all of their opponents that they've won against. They're six and three. If you look at that, I, I don't think any of their opponents have had a winning record. They have lost to their two best uh, opponents. Of course, that being the San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. One of the two teams they're going to have to go through to get to the Super Bowl. But when the Cowboys are at home and they're rolling. There's really no probably more explosive team in football. Dak Prescott played outside of his mind in this game. Four touchdowns, ran another touchdown in. Uh, C.D. Lamb sets an NFL record. Like, John, I know we've been talking about for, like, the past six weeks about A.J. Brown. Like, oh, six straight games with 125. Well, now C.D. Lamb slides into the NFL record books. His third straight game with 10 catches for 150-plus yards absolutely sauteing defenders out there. His route running is looking beautiful. Jake Ferguson gets into the end zone again. Jake Ferguson, first time a Cowboys tight end, has had a touchdown in three straight games since the great Jason Witten did it back in 2011. So we got um, Brandon Cooks. I think he had 170 yards. Everybody's getting in the action. Except poor Tony Pollard. My Tony Pollard fantasy owner is out there. (laughs) The guy hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. I'm going to predict he gets in. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. But all cylinders clicking for the Dallas Cowboys, John, looking good against a, a leaguer Giants roster. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we all kind of picked that this would be or anticipated that this would be the outcome of this game. Um, I don't know that any of us picked it uh, with a spread that great. No. Um, but we all knew that they would dominate, and dominate is what they did. Like you, like you yes. said, Dak was just freaking like darting that thing around the field yeah um and you guys look great on all cylinders um defensively too obviously it's a weaker team um danny devito or tommy devito struggling (laughs) uh (laughs) struggling uh obviously to get any sort of passing game going and you know in those situations where it's the team is so obviously hampered on in one aspect of their offense like Saquon's not going to get much going either. You know, he's got like 66 yards. Right. He doesn't really get involved in the passing game, which we know that he has the ability to. But, yeah, it's this game is exactly what everybody kind of thought it would be. Um, 
And to your point, you know, Dallas definitely kind of does this to some weaker teams, but it's nice for you guys to have these kinds of games on your schedule, get the win under your belt. Um, because as you mentioned, you guys at home looking, you know, looking into the playoffs, if you guys can still slide into one of those home field advantage uh, spots, I think uh, I think that that is the best outcome moving forward in the postseason for Dallas. Um, man, so one thing I did saw uh, see that I haven't even got a chance to talk to you about, though, Brian, was Leighton Vanderash out for the year, out with the year, uh, maybe a career, 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 yeah, implications just because of the neck injury. So, how do you think that affects? I mean, this is kind of more of a going forward, but how do you think that affects the defense? I think it's, um, you know, the past few weeks without him, the defense has played pretty well. Even <clears throat> against Philadelphia, I think we held our own. Um, but clearly the linebacking core for Dallas, that's that's a huge glaring weakness. We have a fantastic defensive front. And even with the loss of Trayvon Diggs, I mean, Deron Plain gets another interception against um, Tommy DeVito. So even the back end's playing well. But yes, I believe that the, the linebacking core right now, I believe we, we start... Marquise Bell is kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. And then we bring in guys mm-hmm. like um, Damone Clark. I was really upset that our third round pick out of Texas, um, DeMarvi and Overshawn was hurt during training camp. We could really use him yeah. right now. But yeah. yes, once we get into the postseason, which I anticipate that they will make it to, if there's one thing um, that could hamper the Dallas Cowboys that's not uh, focused around number four, Dak Prescott, it could be, as you said, the glaring weakness that is our linebacking core. Yeah, that's tough, man. I, I that was definitely you hate to see players get injured in general, but then the severity of the injury like that, you really just yeah. that's a bummer to see. Um, but as far as this game for the Giants, um, you know, bad only gets worse. Andrew Thomas, their all pro left tackle, he's been banged up this year. He he went out again um on the cart in this game. If 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 I'm a Giants fan, I'd probably rather just shut him down at this point. Uh, and just going forward, like what what do you do? You you're not gonna fire Brian Dable. Um, I, I think maybe you start scouting some of these quarterbacks coming out because you have no confidence yeah. in, in uh, Daniel Jones going forward. But, I mean, we're only in week 11 right now. The Giants are 2-8. and eight. Like, it's going to be a long, you know, last six or seven weeks of the season if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, this is really tough. And it's like, it makes me think of, of times when the commanders were not good. And I mean, even over the last couple of years, we at least stayed competitive in a lot of games because we had Taylor Heineke, who's just kind of a, you know, playmaker, a gamer, baller, yeah. as kind of gamer, right? And like, at least he kept the games interesting. It's like, it's got to be tough, man. Sorry, Giants fans. It's just watching Tommy DeVito out there trying to sling it around the yard is not going to be. It's not uh, good. I guess, great you know, television. if you're just a... No. If you're just a Giants fan who, who to your point, wants to see those competitive football games, their best bet is probably to get Tyrod Taylor healthy. They seem most competent yeah. under him. And I do believe Darren Waller will be back in the <clears> next two weeks or so. So you get Waller in there, you get Tyrod Taylor, at least maybe you can get some respectable losses. But if you're a Giants fan, that's what you want. You want to look good, but but keep losing football games. Yeah. And, let's, yeah. and let, let's draft as high as possible and let Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, as you've said a few times over the past few weeks, kind of put their fingerprints on this roster and Hopefully better days ahead, but but for now, for sure. um, Big Blue Big Blue is, is down bad. Um, now I want to go to a, a much more competitive game in the division, and that was uh, a game that I was actually lucky enough to see. I had a flight delayed, and I was in um, the Roanoke-Blacksburg airport on uh, Sunday afternoon, 
And so the Cowboys game, they actually they took that off um, the TV and they put all the TVs on the on the Commanders game because it was a good game. So I got to sit there in the airport bar and actually digest a, a full second half of Commanders football. And my goodness, was I pleased with what I saw. Sam Howell, I mean, I'm not going to um, take away uh, anything with this loss from him. This guy came out and balled on the road against uh, an above-average Seattle Seahawks secondary, comes out there absolutely slinging the rock. Guy leads the NFL in passing, which is so crazy. Another 300 yards and three touchdowns in this game, despite a lack of running game. He had the commanders in it to win it at the end. So, like, if I'm if I'm you, John, I don't look at this as um, anything but just a, a stepping stone in the career that Sam Howell, and I think now, as he not only certified himself as like, oh, this is his team going forward, he certified himself as like, we might see this guy in the Pro Bowl. Very impressive. Yeah, man. It has been. It's been really awesome watching his growth. And the one thing like Luds has even chimed in about, and I'm sure George would feel the same way um, if we ever get him back on the pod. Um, <laughs> long shot, but we're, we're pushing. Um, we're pushing. Yeah, those pieces aren't going to make themselves, man. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that we've talked about and we've heard about is just consistency with this team. And and it's nice to see that the one piece, at least so far, that's now kind of getting consistent is Sam Howell because that uh, that was the most important part of this season, right? I mean, like, they're trying to do two things simultaneously, which don't usually go together in the NFL. One is, you know, growing and, and kind of creating uh, the best environment for a young quarterback to get better and also try to make the playoffs. And, you know, the Rivera staff, basically trying to keep their jobs uh, by doing so. And usually those two things don't go together, right? Because usually in the NFL, it takes time, even even for the best of the best quarterbacks. You know, there there can be road bumps and speed bumps, and it can take a year or two to really get that thing rolling. Um, so it's been really awesome, and it's nice to see him have another game. You mentioned it in one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. He comes out posed, calm, cool, collected. I think it was the first or the second drive. I can't remember. And it escapes the pocket, looks good. The blocking is getting better, which is also encouraging. But Sam Howell escapes pressure, kind of sneaks out to the side and, you know, could absolutely just kind of run that ball, get some yardage and, and slide. Instead, just makes a phenomenal little sidearm throw, you know, behind two defenders to B-Rob, takes it to the house. I was like, oh, shit. Like, when that happened, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay. Here we go. Like this is this thing. This is going to be better than I expected. He's a player, and, man. Uh, and he did it, he did it throughout the game. To your point, yeah, he's a player, dude. I mean, he's making throws that we haven't seen as Washington fans. I wouldn't even say since RG three because RG three wasn't that prolific of a passer. No, he was. A, he had a, he had a good deep ball and guys got open because of the threat of his legs. But Sam is making insanely talented football throws that not every guy in the league can make. For me, it's all good news on the offensive side of the football for the Commanders, as you said. Even the offensive line um, is looking much more respectable these past couple of weeks. But it's it's what a different world we're in from that pandemic season where that Washington football team defense was like all world, the best in the league. And of course, a lot of that has to do with you guys trading away Chase. And if you happen to see the Bears game, Montez um, Sweat had the most pressures in a Chicago Bears game since like Khalil Mack, an immediate impact yeah. there. He gave him a big money contract. So clearly he's missed. But this commander's defense and um, 
especially the secondary. Like Geno Smith has not had a great year this year. This is one of his best games. Um, DK Metcalf, you said. Yeah, DK Metcalf was a problem for you guys. He had almost 100 yards. Tyler Lockett gets in the end zone. Kenneth Walker had a, um, a long touchdown reception. Jackson Smith and Jigba. So the Seattle offense is definitely, I would say, above average. And when they're at home, um, that's, that's the, that 12th man really carries them. But I think that's all it was. Um, and obviously the, the right foot of Jason Myers with the walk-off field goal. You know, if he misses that and the game goes to overtime, I think pretty much whoever wins the coin flip is going to get it. But yes, I think as the commanders... Try to make a playoff push as we look forward to the offseason. You got to think that the front office, regardless of who the head coach is, they're going to be looking to to rebuild this defense because I think they feel the offense is in capable hands with the young quarterback. It's crazy. I mean, the, to, it's crazy to even like to like say that or think of that, right? But because of how much we invested in this defense. And you look back on that team that was so successful a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, and just sort of like the decline that's happened since then. And when you have that kind of talent, when you have that kind of talent that has proven once before that they can do it on the field, like there's nowhere else to point the finger other than at Jack Del Rio and even also kind of Ron Rivera. Um, We did not, you you were saying, you know, Seattle kind of has an above-average offense, but Gino was not playing well. There were a lot of plays that our defense, I think, left on the field in that game. I think if if the defense played better, we win that game. I mean, it's that it's kind of a plain thing to say, especially right. when you look at the, the score, right? But it's a fact. 489 yards of total offense, that's crazy. And again, like, they're at home, tough place to play. I get it. But there were just... Benjamin St. Juice plays really, really well in the first half and then just cannot stop DK Metcalf in the second half. I mean, especially on that last touchdown drive. Like, yeah. a terrible pass interference call on him that, like, or some commander's fans are trying to argue wasn't P.I. It's like he literally <laughs> hits him in the, like, hits him in the chest and absolutely impedes the guy's progress. Like, you can't. It's, it's blatantly obvious, especially at that point in the game. So... You know, you mentioned the playoffs. It's like the old Jim Moore, like, playoffs, right? Because, like, <laughs> there, there's playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? Um, yeah, to win a game. <laughs> yeah, so it's like one of the things. When you when you said that line, I mean, we think, like, playoffs are probably out of the picture for this team, to be honest with you, because what do you need at the end of the year, right? You need a solid run game, and you need yeah. a good defense, or at least one of the two. And you just you cannot play defense like that in the NFL and hope to make it into the postseason, in my opinion. And again, I think that the defense left a lot of plays out there. We were not pressuring Geno Smith whatsoever, um, which is kind of disheartening because, like I said, I really wanted to see a big game out of our two D tackles who are great players um, and great leaders on the team. But I mean, that's obviously at this point the glaring issue for the commanders and and it probably will continue to be moving forward regardless of what happens if they decide to fire jack del rio and ron rivera mid-season or just jack del rio or just ron rivera yeah. whatever that's not going to change the defense overnight right so no unfortunately that's that's where we stand i mean it's, it was a tough loss to seattle but again like it, this is this was such a strange season for us just with all of the changes and everything but at least right. the one bright spot that matters most to your point is like kind of seeing that growth between the enemy and and how yes 
and I think uh, whether it's going to be uh, we're looking at a playoff run or you're going to be scouting these NFL draft picks here within the next six weeks, I literally think the next 10 days are going to decide it. Because in a minute, we're going to talk about you're at home facing a sorry NFL team. You're favored mm-hmm. by almost nine points. I'm assuming you're going to win that game. That would get you guys to, what, five and six? And then yeah. all of a sudden, on a short week, you play a division rival. Anything can happen. So who knows? Ten days from now, you guys could be six and six, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh, wow. Or, you know, who knows? You could you could stub your toe against um, the G-men, and then you're looking at we four and regularly. eight. And, yeah, and and then uh, then it's a whole other ballgame. But, yeah, I think the next week will decide it. But regardless, I know you and uh, Commander's Nation, you, you at least have some optimism for the future. Uh, that's it for, for Week 10. We only had two games. I want to do something a little different, John, because I told you, Jalen Hurts is on a bye week. You can't punish him. Dak Prescott's playing outside of his mind. Some people are even talking about the MVP. Slow down a little bit, but I will say that I have an appointment at Walgreens tomorrow to get a shot of the vaccine. <laughs> I am officially back on board. I'm sorry, Costa. I'm sorry, Petey, but my boy is balling. And as we said, Sam Howell leading the league in NFL passing yards. I'm not going to rate those guys one, two, or three. They're all um, number one in my book. What I want to, and if the audience can play along with me, let's go division by division real quick. And let's look at their top three quarterbacks. Can compare them to our top three in any order. Juxtaposed um, Jalen, Dak, and Sam Howell. What division has a better starting three quarterbacks? Let's just start in the NFC South because it's absolutely nobody. You know, Baker, Mayfield, yeah. Desmond, Ritter, um, you know, Derek Carr's playing awful, Bryce Young. We blow them out the building, right? Um, let's go to the NFC North. With all due respect to Josh Dobbs, I'm not going to put him up against our guys. Jordan Love looks like an absolute bust. Um, Jared Goff is playing pretty well. All due respect to Jared Goff. But Justin Fields and Tyson Bajant, no. I think we're no. better than the NFC North. NFC West, who do we got? Brock Purdy, respect to Brock Purdy. Geno Smith, as we said. Or Aiden O'Connell. Aiden AOC. uh, Geno Smith, uh, up and down here, roller coaster from him. The Rams, Matt Stafford. Yeah. We'll get get to them in a second. We're better than them, too. Um, The... uh, the, Matt Stafford can't can't stay healthy, so I think we um and who else are we missing in the NFC Kyler West? Murray. Cardinals, Kyler Murray, who just came back. But with all due respect, I would take our top three quarterbacks over them. So right there, yeah, I'm gonna say we're the best in the NFC. Let's go over to the AFC. Probably gonna be a little bit tougher. Um, AFC South, we've got Trevor Lawrence, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and who else is in the South? The Colts. I'm gonna say. Levis is still too young, right? Yeah, it'd be hard to make a decision on Anthony Richardson with such a a low That's sample true. size within. But Trevor Lawrence so, I mean, and C.J. Stroud, I'm saying we're maybe even with the AFC South because yeah. those those guys are good. Tr- tr- C.J. Stroud, man, that I yeah, that's one of the most Stroud. shocking quarterbacks. Yeah, crazy. Okay, good AFC AFC West. Although Russell Wilson is playing much better this year, he's still a shadow of his former self. <clears throat> Aiden O'Connell, as we said, Jimmy Garoppolo was benched for the Raiders. But you do have some guy named Patrick Mahomes. I heard he's pretty good. And uh, Justin, Justin Herbert Air is Bear. a sort of... Yeah, mm-hmm. Justin's, Justin's the man. So I'll say, I, because of Mahomes' greatness, I might give that division a slight nudge over us just because he's just that good. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I okay, could, I could forego that one. What are we missing here? AFC East, Tua's playing very well. Josh Allen is the most... Josh Allen is this year's Dak Prescott, not impressed by him. Absolutely. So many people are making that comparison. It's wild. Yes. 
Um, then we got Mac Jones, who's about to get benched, who's been benched three or four times. They they hate him in New England. And then we've got <laughs> Zach Wilson. You know, Rodgers will see what happens with the Achilles. Um, if I'm right. sure you're a big fan of McAfee. He keeps teasing us. He's going to come back. Yeah. But as of, yeah. as of right now, we're better than the AFC East. AFC North, uh, Lamar Jackson stud, Joe Burrow stud. Shaw Watson's out, so I think they're starting DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson yeah, this week. Yeah, I saw that. And then but Kenny even that, Deshaun, does, Deshaun looks like he is not the player that he used to be. He, he's not no. made a full recovery on that. So no, and then he's, he never made it out of the massage chair. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Kenny Pickett is is a roller coaster. He wins ball games, but really not a lot of talent. So I'm going to say right now, the NFC East can go stride for stride with quarterback division. Any any um, division football. If you would have said that back in September, people would have thought you were absolutely crazy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, geez, you were becoming an anti-daxer. Jalen Hurts <laughs> is Jalen Hurts, but Sam Howell was a huge question mark. Danny Dimes is a huge question mark. That's crazy. It's crazy to think. I mean, how far we've come in just 10 weeks. Right. And who who knows? I don't see any of those top three slowing down. Certainly not over uh -huh. the next couple of weeks. The Cowboys schedule is still easy. I like Sam Howell to continue this upward tra trajectory. And Jalen Hurts is not playing great, but he's still good enough, and he's got that weapon up his legs where I think he's top 10 yeah. in anybody's play. Yeah, hopefully he got healthy in the bye. Yes, well, we, we're going to talk about if he's not healthy, the team that they're playing here in just a minute. Mm -hmm. um, but let's start our Week 11 preview with another easy opponent for the Dallas Cowboys. They travel to Carolina, technically a road game, but if the Giants aren't the worst team in the NFC, then it's the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young not playing well. I don't know if it's all on Bryce Young. Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, just this week announced that he is going to be taking over the play-calling duties. Not really sure if that's going to change anything. But if you look at Bryce Young's weapons, I mean, Miles Sanders, not nearly what he was in Philadelphia. So him and Chuba Hubbard, a below-average running game. They've got Adam Thielen, a 36-year-old white guy as their number one wide receiver. Like it's, I couldn't even name you who their other wide receivers are. I don't even know their tight ends. Like not a whole lot to John, work with. Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, but like just Chark's names, not bad. right? Like bodies. But yeah, if you're, if you're a Carolina, Carolina Panthers fan, I mean, I'm sure that you're looking at the Houston Texans game and saying, why could we have not just drafted CJ Stroud or just not drafted a quarterback at all and stayed at their pick. Because now the Bears have their draft pick this year, so they're not going to be right. picking anywhere near the top. But a bad season for the Panthers is only going to get worse because the Cowboys are rolling. Dak Prescott is rolling. Although the Carolina Panthers um, with J.C. Horn are surprisingly stingy against the pass. They actually rank like number four in the league in passing defense. So yeah. I'm expecting this to be a breakout game for Tony Pollard. Last week, um, they sat Tony early. He still had 15 for 50 yards, so it's like he's getting a decent yards per carry. Rico Dowdle came in the ballgame in the second half. He was a popular waiver wire pickup in fantasy, had 80 yards from scrimmage and got in the end zone. So I think a lot of people are mistakenly thinking like, oh, Rico Dowdle is going to be the backup to chip into the workload. That's not the case here, folks. That was just, that was just a, a game script kind of a play there. I think Tony Pollard gets into the end zone for the first time since all the way back in week one. And the Cowboys... Oh, the shot. Yes. The Cowboys just continue to let C.D. Lamb do what he does, and that's be, I would say, right now a top five receiver in the league. I don't know if he goes 10 catches for 150 yards, but I do think he goes over 100. I would be surprised if he and Jake Ferguson get in the end zone once again. And on the defensive side of the ball, as I said, Bryce Young, 
struggling, and it's not going to get any easier with Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and that Dallas defense coming to town. Would not be surprised if Big Stan Bland or, or one of our trio of safeties comes down with an interception or two. The Cowboys are favored 10.5 in this game. Surprised it's actually not more. They were favored almost 18 against the Giants. But right. I'm going to swallow it here. I'll say um, the Cowboys win. Not a crazy blowout. I'll say 31-17 to 17 Cowboys. How about you? Yeah, I like that. I like that score. Um, I I agree with you. There's one thing you said that made me think, though. You're talking about the Carolina defense and and the passing, yes. pass protection or uh, pass defense specifically. I wonder if that's just because the Carolina defense is so bad uh, against the run that teams yeah. don't necessarily they're not slinging the ball on them. They don't have Maybe. to. Right? I mean, they're getting out ahead early and, and keeping a comfortable lead. So again, though, I do I'll double down that I like your pick with Tony Pollard. Hope that. Hope that guy for fantasy owners out there that drafted him um, gets you gets you a touchdown. But yeah, this should be uh, maybe not a walk in the park, right? Because this is these obviously these are NFL teams, but this team is definitely a little bit more respectable, I think, than the Giants at this point in the season. Um, they are they are still playing. Um, they've got a you know they've got the quarterback that at least they hoped was going to be their future. We'll see, um, but. The, the Cowboys right now are just rolling offensively, and this just feels like it's going to be another week where this doesn't feel like a trap game, right? Because you guys just came off of a win against an easy team. So it's like it's not like you're going to be overlooking them for the Commanders either next week, right? Uh, yeah. Commanders, obviously, a divisional game, but the Carolina Panthers, I think, uh, are going to have their hands full. Um, I, as you mentioned, defensively, not going to be a great day here for Bryce Young. He's going to be going up against mm-hmm. some, some top top cornerbacks and facing a decent pass rush. At least he can move his feet a little bit, and they do have yes. a semblance of a run game right now with Chuba Hubbard and uh, Miles Sanders kind of in, in tandem and combination there. Um, but they're playing at home. I mean, say what you will about that. I'm not sure Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina <laughs> right now is packing stadiums. And Cowboys fans, gosh, you guys travel everywhere. You guys are yes. every freaking annoyingly enough but yeah 10 and a half does seem like kind of a kind of a, a low line there um but like i said carolina's at home so that kind of probably skews things a little bit uh 42 and a half is the over under i think i'd go like cowboys 31 panthers 10 panthers 10 yeah so yeah, we'll see if they do. If they get to my seventeen mark, I would imagine that second touchdown will probably come in garbage time. Like I think Devito actually got a touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard in like the fourth quarter when the Cowboys called the dogs off. Could be a similar situation in Carolina. Yeah. Regardless, um, this is that this is the part of the Cowboys schedule this where they be, need to roll. Could be another Cooper rush game. Yes, yeah, super-duper Cooper. I, I called that last week that he would come into the game. So we, we might see the redhead come into the game, and that's going to mean it's going well for the Cowboys. And it, it needs to because their schedule as a post-Thanksgiving is going to get a lot harder. So let's enjoy these good times. All right. So I see now it's time. Post, Post-Thanksgiving. Post-Thanksgiving. I, 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 I meant Thanksgiving could be a good game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, an NFC East rivalry. Um, the New York Giants we talked about and the beat-up New York Giants come into the nation's capital. Commander's favored eight and a half. So Vegas is, is confident, even coming off that loss, traveling all the way um, from Seattle, Washington to come home. You guys are still going to roll here, and I tend to agree with that line. 
Uh, the Giants, I, I believe, I, I haven't checked if Devito is definitely going to be starting or not. I believe yeah, that they're I still. Saw, we got announced today. He'll be starting again, and, and so I think this we see the same version of the Giants, um, because the Commanders. Let's be honest. Although we, I think you and I both feel the defense has taken dramatic steps back. There's one thing they they do have, and that's Jonathan Allen, and that's Deron Payne. So I do not expect Saquon Barkley to be able to um, explode in the running game. And I don't think DeVito is talented enough to get him involved in the passing game. And with this group of receivers, with this group of weapons, I should say, without Darren Waller, nobody scares you. I think St. Juiced and the young corner, Manuel Forbes, this is a game to get some of that confidence, get some of that swagger back that they had a couple weeks ago when they beat the Patriots. So I think here, Washington and Ron Rivera, you got you got to beat this team convincingly. Because as you said, um, with Daniel Jones the past few years, they've kind of been a thorn in your side. The Giants have kind of Gosh. had Washington's number. Um, but Always. I think Washington exacts their revenge. I'm going to swallow the 8.5 here. I think Washington just scores enough points where that 8.5 is going to be enough. I'm going to probably almost mirror the score that I said for the Cowboys game. This one I'll say 33-16. to 16. Commanders pull away with a late touchdown to get that cover. Sam Howell keeps the good time rolling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope we score thirty three again. It's it's been a long time since Commanders have offensively put up those kinds of numbers regularly. So, at least it makes the games fun to watch. I am still nervous. Uh, eight and a half, you know, in a situation against the Giants, um, all it just feels like a lot. Just because, to your point, like they've been a thorn in our side. That's typically been at the hands of Danny Dimes, but earlier this season, at the hands of Tyrod Taylor, both quarterbacks that can move and make plays happen with their feet and and obviously a divisional opponent so they know us well so they were able to take advantage uh echoing echoing your statements it's like tommy devito is going to play he doesn't have those elements to his game you know i mean it's like there's a reason he's a third string quarterback so <laughs> tough sledding there for the giants um but i will say i it, this may be a game where you know, Tommy DeVito can build a little bit of confidence in himself because while they have they haven't clicked offensively with him in the in the backfield, we are not the the Dallas Cowboys defense, right? So like true. We we may not be able to completely shut him down uh, and make him look like a third string quarterback the way that Dallas did. Um I, I do think though, like you said, it could it could work the other direction. It could be another boost game for our defensive players that really need one after, you know, a, a tough loss there in Seattle uh, at, at basically the hands of the defense. So I'm excited to get Emmanuel Forbes back. Something I didn't even touch on was that awful ejection of Emmanuel Forbes last week. Most certainly a penalty, not an, not an ejection. Agreed. Um, so I hope, I hope that he continues on his trend of, of kind of getting back into the groove of things. And yeah, I, it's been so long, Brian, I can't even tell you the last time I watched a nurse team beat, like dominate a team and just, just close out a game, dominate a team. And I was really hoping that that was going to happen in the first Giants game. And it's just, you know, silly me thinking that. So it's hard to even, it's hard to think that again. Although I do really feel like it, it's going to happen or it should happen. I just don't have the confidence enough in our defense. So um, I agree with you. I think the commanders score a good amount of points here. There's nobody on the Giants defense really at this point that scares you um, just because they've struggled so much offensively. So um, I think that we should, we should have no problem running the football against them. Sam Howell 
let's go, let's go have another big game. Let's put together another nice effort. Um, continue to get a lot of people involved. He's he's really getting the ball. That's another thing that's uh, kind of I've, I've noticed is going a little bit underrated about him. He spreads the ball around. He sees, yeah. you know, open receivers all over the field. So uh, really encouraging signs, and I think he's going to have another really good game here. So um, I'll go Commanders, say 27, uh, Giants 14. Okay. Yeah, it was nice to see, although Jahan Dotson was quiet last week, uh, Deami Brown stepping up, Logan Thomas getting targets. So um, I think Logan Thomas is finally healthy. Gosh, so yeah, That like, Deami Brown touchdown that he finally scored was, oh my God, un- unbelievable of pass beauty. from Sam. And as much as uh, Sam is proving that he's someone you can kind of rely on, Eric Bien-Aimé, Um, I remember once upon a time you were a Heisman Trophy candidate running back at the University of Colorado. Yeah. Maybe we can get, like, Brian Robinson was heavily involved in the passing game last week, which I love to see. He's, right. he's developed that part of his game, catching the ball to the backfield. But it would be nice to see you guys actually have, like, a a, a balanced play-calling sheet and run the football. Although Dexter Lawrence is there, maybe get um 120 total yards rushing between B-Rob or throw in the kid Gonzalez, Antonio Gibson. Maybe Sam takes off a little bit, but get that running game going. But regardless, you guys are, are just a more talented roster. Um, and you're at home. So I think, um, you know, DC is going to be rocking. And I think we're, we're on board with the commanders coming out with a win there. I think so. All right. Let, it's to be a confident the, bet. Uh, yeah. I'm interested I to see so. what Lutz thinks because that should be a pretty confident bet, I think. I hope so. All right. Week 11, we are going to end it with the last game of the week. Definitely the game of the week. You would call it the game of the year because, oh my goodness, it's a Super Bowl rematch. The Philadelphia Eagles are flying to Arrowhead to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, we remember the classic Super Bowl back and forth last year. Patrick Mahomes coming out on top of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts still has this screensaver on his phone saved of him walking through the confetti, um, saying that, you know, this is his motivation. Chiefs have been floating around right now. It says two and a half. When I sent it to Ludge earlier, it was three points. The Chiefs are about a three-point favorite. So Vegas is saying this is a pick em. These are um, arguably the two best teams in the NFL. The 49ers looked awfully good last week again, but I think we can safely say that they're two of the top three teams in football. Um, the, the Eagles coming off a bye week, I think that works out well in their favor. As you said, hopefully Jalen gets that knee as healthy as possible. But the Kansas City Chiefs at home, um, this are is going to be tough. I was just looking at this, and I was going to chime in about this, but are, are the Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a bye week also? They are. Because yeah, they played, so really they played in, they in played London in London or in Germany, Germany the week before. Germany, good. Yes, thank you for that correction. So, um, yeah, yeah. So both off a of bye well, week. How often does that happen in the NFL? That's pretty interesting. You wonder if the schedule makers this oh, summer man. when they when they were sitting down for this game, they're like, let's give these guys like a full, and now they're giving them an extra day on Monday Night Football, so they're gonna have a short week coming up. But like these teams are coming off like a 14, 15 day rest, which is awesome yeah. for them. We want these teams as healthy as possible. Not a whole lot of notable injuries I can think on either side of the football for both teams. So we're going to, I think, have as close of a rematch of the Super Bowl as we can see. This is the true identity of Philadelphia. Are they going to come out and have to pass the ball? Can the Chiefs defense, which is much improved, I think for much of this Patrick Mahomes mini dynasty he's had, the story was that the Chiefs defense isn't very good, but with Mahomes and Kelsey, then this offense is just so explosive they carry them to victory. Not so much the story this year. These Chiefs weapons outside, of course, the great Travis Kelsey have been 
below average. They they missed Juju, which is weird to say, but they traded for um, McCole Hardman to bring him back <clears throat> from the Jets. Rasheed Rice, the rookie, seems the part. I'm not sure not sure yet if he's a number one receiver, probably more oh, of a flashes. two or three. Yeah. Um, they got uh, my boy Richie James from the Giants over there. They've got um, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who seems to only run one route, which is deep. But um, it's, it's all Tony. on Mahomes. Really Darius Tony. Um, but for, for Kansas City, um, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line, I mean, we're not going to name the names. We talk about it every week. The defensive line is damn good for Philadelphia. But that seventh-round rookie last year, Isaiah Pacheco, I don't know if there is a kid who, once he gets the football in his hands, runs harder. That is going to be fun to watch the unstoppable force meet the immovable object when Pacheco Eagle. is running into that um, defensive line of Philly. And the Chiefs' offensive line is certainly above average. On the other side of the ball, uh, this this uh, Philadelphia offense is going to have to hopefully get some type of running game from DeAndre Swift. You said, as a fantasy owner of him, unless he's getting in the end zone, these past few weeks, not a whole lot coming from DeAndre Swift. I did see when the Cow- um, excuse me, when the Eagles beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, Rashad Penny was active and had like four carries for like 20 yards. He looked okay. Right. So he he hasn't um he's kind of been reduced to a special teams role with them, which is surprising when they when they signed him from Seattle in the offseason. I thought he'd have a bigger role. Maybe we see more more Rashad Penny. Kenneth Gainwell is always a change of pace back for them. And if that 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 knee is not healthy for Jalen Hurts and that uh aspect of their offense is gone, let's see if this Chiefs defense, who I said is much improved, are they up to the task of stopping Deion uh, uh I almost said DeAndre Smith. Uh, Devontae Smith <laughs> and A.J. Brown. These two wide receivers are as talented as they get in the NFL, and this Kansas City secondary is certainly going to be tested. For me, I am going to lean Chiefs on this, though. Maybe that's just my Cowboys homer coming out, but I just think on a big game and a big stage, Monday Night Football, Arrowhead is going to be rocking. rocking. I think the line, it, the line could not be more accurate to me. I'll say the Chiefs win this game 34-31. to 31. I think we got a classic on our hands. I think uh, Monday night is going to be fun for us fans. Yeah, man, this is, like you said, most anticipated game probably of the year. And back to the point we were making, like how crafty, I'm sure, of the scheduling, the scheduling team there because yeah. you're essentially getting, to your point, you're getting obviously a Super Bowl rematch, but then giving both of these, time, these teams ample time on a, on a long bye to kind of recharge, get to their best, you know, availability for the season in that moment. And, and you're basically getting a little mini Super Bowl here, essentially, right? In yep. the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. we, we just talked about it. Arrowhead is such a crazy place to play. One of the loudest stadiums in the country. Um, and, and the Chiefs definitely take advantage of that home field advantage. Um I do think that this offense needs to find a little bit more rhythm. You mentioned Pacheco. Pacheco had a lot of that energy last season. He had those hard-nosed runs, as you mentioned, but the last three games, he's really not impressed. Um, He had 66 yards, just over 40 yards, and then a 32-yard game there, too. So he uh, he does also compete in the passing game for some targets, but I think that both of these teams, uh, obviously talking about Kansas City in the moment, but both of them need to get the run game going. Um, I think whichever team can establish the run game and kind of eat up a little bit more of that time of possession is probably going to come out the victor because Eagles defense is great. 
uh, to your point earlier, Kansas City's defense is kind of catching stride here. Um, so this could be a little bit of a, you know, either who's got the ball, you know, last um, or uh, who's had better defensive stance, who's been able to hold the other team to less points. Um, and and one way to do that is to keep your defense fresh and healthy by running the football and, and mastering the time of possession. So it's really hard to doubt either of these quarterbacks, though, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, probably one of the best tag teams, uh, wide receiver, I'm sorry, uh, tight end to quarterback duos. You could argue he's a freaking wide receiver, essentially. But yes. uh, one of the best in the league. But then on the flip side of the ball right now this year, A.J. Brown and, and Jalen Hurts, one oh, of yeah. the best wide receiver duos in the league. But then to your point, you've got way more weapons with the Eagles. And I think the Eagles defense is a more robust, complete defense at this point in time. I think that the Eagles uh, are a more robust and, you know, deep, deeper offense. Um, and they got the best line in football. I mean, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to undervalue or I should say overvalue how important that is to them. Yeah. Um, I think this game comes down to the wire, um, just as, just as you do. Uh, but I think that the Eagles, I'm going to say squeak this one out. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have enough in the tank. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be more healthy than he's been, uh, with the knee bothering him. And uh, I think he's going to get his revenge. I think he's going to get his revenge in Arrowhead. Uh, there won't be any confetti this time. Sorry, Jalen, you won't get any <laughs> green and white at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, I think the Eagles take this one. B. Um, I think that wow. I think that they are the ones who are able to establish the running game a little bit better. You know, we're going to see probably multiple uh, brotherly shoves that continue to to mm. keep them on track uh, for time of possession. And obviously, there's. It just seems like right now there's no stopping AJ Brown. So I anticipate. Uh, obviously, you're starting AJ Brown in your fantasy league, but of course. him and Dallas Goddard. Was uh, is Goddard playing? Wasn't he injured? Good call. We were talking about both teams are healthy. The Dallas Cowboys safety Marquise Bell broke Dallas Goddard's <laughs> arm in that game. He's right. out. He's on IR. So right. I think their backup tight ends like Albert Okwegbunam, and they got Grant Calcaterra. Okay. It's not it's not Goddard, and that's a big weapon for Hertz, to your point. Yeah, okay, I thought so. I remember he, he, uh, something funky happened in, in the last game there. Um, but, I mean, gosh, you still got Devonta Smith, so sure. no, tears for, no tears for the Eagles. Tears maybe for Dallas Goddard, sorry. They <laughs> um, I think the Eagles are going to be just fine, like I said, and I think that they ultimately come out on top here. So um, I'm going to say uh, Eagles 31, Chiefs. 27 i think the cowboys nice. i think the uh sorry i think the eagles cover gonna be a good game um you mentioned the brotherly shove john the brotherly shove is not possible without one jason kelsey so i would be remorse no. if we didn't mention that of course everybody in america knows this is the kelsey ball brother older brother jason the center for the eagles probably the best center of I all mean. time younger brother travis probably the best tight end of all time so we know Mama Donna will be whopping from the press box. I'm not going to talk about that other girl that might be there. You can turn on ESPN. They'll talk about her <laughs> all day. But everyone, Bro, including... Is, I didn't even think about that. This is going to be this the Kelsey Swift versus Kelsey Swift matchup. Yes. Who who comes Who's out on top? Who's the better Kelsey Swift? Well, Taylor, well, I think ain't, the Kelsey... Taylor ain't out there catching passes, so... 
the Kelseys, I would say they kind of cancel each other out. They're both fantastic. I'll take DeAndre over Taylor, <laughs> but but <laughs> you, you never know. Maybe Taylor can can wile up the fans at Arrowhead. Regardless, everybody's going to be watching. All of the Swifties will be watching, and all of America will be watching as two of the best teams in the NFL put on a show. Um, and that kicks off Thanksgiving week, which is fantastic. Throw we on. had spoken about we'll probably do an earlier show next week, guys. Probably record Monday or probably Tuesday night so we can get that podcast out because, of course, we got an NFC East clash on Thanksgiving. Um, but to finish us up tonight, um, Jay Luds, we know you're dealing with a lot. Um, we're just happy that you're able to um, give us a memo, brother. He was one in one up. last week. Prayers up, Jay Luds. Prayers up, Luds. We love you. We love the fam. And my boy, uh, one thing he is is consistent, and he's 500. I'll let him tell you guys all about it. Week 11, week 11, 16 to 16 overall, sitting right at 500. Hit the upset parlay last week with Minnesota and Cleveland. Uh, as I said, I think the New Orleans is trash, so got that one right. Anyway, boys, uh, getting into this week, um, two divisional or uh, one divisional game, big game, Giants, Washington. Washington uh, playing a little better as of late. Tough loss last week, but uh, they're at home. Going against the league's worst New York Giants. Uh, their quarterback, DeVito, didn't look very good, or I think that's his name, DeVito, last week. Couldn't move the ball. Uh, I think if Washington could do a good job at containing Saquon Barley, Barkley this week, I think Washington has a pretty good chance of winning. The spread's at 8.5. That means Vegas favoring Washington pretty good in this divisional matchup. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Washington this week. You know, they've burned me yeah. all year, but hopefully they can uh, – Prove me wrong, and, you know, I'm kind of doing this this week on the fly, guys. I don't have a total score. Let's see what I'm thinking on this. Let's go. Let's go 24-13. You know, 24-13 Washington. I'm going to go minus 8.5. Go Commandos. Next game, <laughs> Dallas at Carolina. Dallas has been hot. Dak Prescott playing out of his mind. Uh, traveling to Carolina, Carolina, another league worst. I think uh, Giants and Carolina might be the two worst teams in football. Um, you know, you look what C.J. Stroud's doing with the Texans, and Carolina's probably kicking themselves in the ass. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dak's, Dak's playing very well. Um, their backup running back, Rico Dowdle, uh, outplaying Pollard, too. I mean, it's kind of funny the last <laughs> few years how the backup running backs in Dallas seem to be seem to be playing better than the starter. So, uh, I'm going to go with Dallas, guys. I'm going to swallow here, too. Minus 10.5. I think they win a um, pretty good score here. I'm going to go 30-31. Kind of an off score there, but 31-10. I think Dallas blows them out. Um, like you're starting out. A little bit of an easier yeah. schedule here on out. And I, I think they're uh, they're going to start cruising, boys. Uh, I like the boys here. And swallowing that 10.5. And then to finish the week, Philly at Kansas City, probably the game of the week. Kansas City been hot. Philly's been hot. Uh, I think Kansas City takes it, boys. I, I, they always find a way to win. You know, Mahomes there in the fourth quarter always finds a way to squeeze it out. I, I think if this was maybe Kansas City minus six, five and a half, six, I'd probably take Philly plus the points. But I think Kansas City pulls it out. I'm going to go 27 27-23. Kansas City minus three. I'm swallowing all three games this week, boys. Been hot on the upset parlay. 
Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota again. They're underdogs at Denver. I'm going to go Minnesota plus two and a half. They've been playing pretty well. I don't think Denver is very good. And I had a hard time picking another upset. Uh, I'm not trying to be a homer here, and I'm not saying Tampa's going to win this game, but I like the Tampa plus 11 and a half. Uh, played Tennessee hard last week. They're kind of traveling to San Fran. San Fran has lost three out of their last four games. Uh, Tampa's very good against the run. I'm not saying McCaffrey's not going to have uh, an okay day. I think he has an okay day, not a great day. But I think Tampa make, Tampa can contain McCaffrey, and um, I don't think they lose by that much. So I'm going to go plus 11.5 Tampa, plus 2.5 Minnesota. Appreciate you guys. I'll try to get on live next week. And uh, good luck to all the teams, all your teams. And thank you to the listeners. Talk to you guys next week. Appreciate the time as always, Jay Ludds. That's uh he's going with uh your boy the pastronaut again. Um yeah, I like Josh that Dobbs. I can't believe Josh Dobbs underdog. underdogs against Denver. That's a that's actually the Sunday night game. Um so okay. we'll see if that magic can continue for the purple people eaters. They look great, man. And uh they should be getting Justin <clears throat> Jefferson back within the next couple of weeks. So Vikings making a run. Absolutely, dude. Man, the pastronaut, dude, just like electric to watch. My favorite clip right now is just him scrambling for that touchdown this week and Kevin O'Connell yes. on the sidelines. It's like, I don't even know what just happened. <laughs> like, that's awesome, bro. That's like, what a story, man. Good for that kid. Yeah. But yeah, man, yeah I think Lud's, the whole lead. Lud's oh, swallowing all the points, man. Swallowing all the Ev points. Swallowing everywhere. He's He's been pretty good lately. Got himself back to 500. We'll see if he can eclipse that 500 mark um, as we do our Thanksgiving special next week. Um, of course, we're going to talk, uh, you know, we're going to recap all these games and then really look forward to that um, Commanders Cowboys fan. Kind of, I mean, that that, that Com Commanders Cowboys game is kind of the whole reason the podcast is uh, is around in the first oh, place. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I know we're going to have some fun last week. I hope all of the boys are back in house. Um, any final thoughts, Sean, as we uh, look forward to week 11? I'm excited, man. I think uh, you, as you kind of alluded to earlier, like even though you guys kind of have a, a pushover game, the commanders have a, this is an important game for us. And it's also kind of an important game for Dallas when it comes to the end of the year and that home, home field advantage. So even though it feels like a little bit of a quieter week until you get to that Monday night game, I think we've got three big matchups here. Oh, yeah, I cannot wait for Sunday. Um, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving. And I cannot wait for another helping of the NFC East. Free. Free.